0: Hey, Matt. Peter. We're on Squadcast. I see a a map of Austin.
1: Yeah, I don't... Yep, don't see a map of uh, where you are, which I I, I know (laughs) according to this that you are in Denmark.
0: Yes. That's all I've got. (laughs) Well, I don't want you to know my exact location. Oh, god. Which would be a risk to... (laughs) No, I'm in the cabin, and uh, it shows up on my side of the... Of Squadcast, but apparently not yours. Maybe uh, Firefox is doing its its thing. I don't know.
1: Well, you've got so many things to protect your privacy that I just assume I'm wrapped up in that. You're treating me like you treat Google. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well played. Uh,
0: Trying to think about what that actually means.
1: Well, just... I I do ask you a lot of questions. Also Preventing me... (laughs) 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 I just meant preventing me from knowing anything that would be like slightly personal or private. Like yeah, your, location. Like your yeah. professional distance.
0: <laughs> exactly. Babies, man. They, they don't. Can't. They don't tell you. They tell you it's going to be hard, but they don't don't tell you in which way. Like they don't tell you exactly why it's going to be hard because it's hard to explain. I think. Mm. It's mm-hmm. Just because it's like it's not hard in that, and I was like, you. It feels like you've been doing it all the time. Like it. It's kind of natural.
1: Mm -hmm. but it's
0: still really hard.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, instinct is amazing, but, um, but
0: what am I, you, you you don't even have, you don't have a lot of time to think about why it's hard or that it is hard. It's just, you just know (laughs) that it's hard (laughs) and I only have one child. Like imagine someone who had like, I don't know, like four kids or something like that.
1: Dude. Yeah. I, I don't know what I would tell that person no idea i have no idea i yeah um get a get a clue yeah
0: (laughs) yeah but uh still found some time to record a podcast so um okay let's let's get into some manager stuff yeah i can start on a bit of a down (laughs) node
1: oh good Uh, is that going to be the tone of this episode
0: um might be okay Right. No, why not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest gotta uh can't have the cinderella stories yeah um all the time right um that's right got a massive churn thing going on one day like actually the day after recorded last time and i was talking about the traction i was seeing and mm. um, you know <laughs> it was just a few a few people uh canceled their accounts Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I'm at I'm at the stage of my company where a few people canceling a, their account ends up being like twenty percent of my customers. Yep. Yeah. which is like feels like such a big setback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, it does. Yeah, so, um, I do appreciate my friend Bryce uh, Bryce Adams. Um, from Metric, who wrote on Twitter when I, I kind of tweeted this, like, and he was like, Yeah, but it's also like kind of that at the stage where you can grow 20% at one day, like, if you're lucky. So mm-hmm. that's a good yeah. way to think about it. It is. Yeah. It, it's just tiny numbers everywhere you look. So. Yeah. And these yeah. people churned for different reasons. Like, one was just not a fit from the beginning and had never used the product. And you're like, Look at his account. And it's like, you know, either he's going to churn soon or I'm. I'll have to just like cancel his account for him. <laughs> um, another one was someone who used the product once and then didn't use it for a month and isn't replying to emails. So it's like, you just know, don't know. Mm. And uh, the third one was an, someone I actually cared about, um, but it was someone who I'd never spoken to. So they had, they'd had they had a good experience and then a bad experience. And then they kind of gave up a little bit on the product. Um mm. But then they kind of came back and they wanted to use the rest of the time that they paid for. Um, yeah. And they might uh, sign up for a paid account again. So it's like, it's not as bad when you dive into it.
1: Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's really... Just, yeah, <laughs> That's tricky. It's, it, it's almost like you're... Well, speaking for myself, sometimes I'm afraid to dive into things like that because I'm worried <laughs> about what I'm going to learn. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Product, this product is terrible. I hate this or whatever. And then you... You just build up the courage to find out, and then sometimes you're like, "Oh, oh, okay, you you like it, but like your boss said, not until next month." Or yeah, you, know, you like, you know, and then you feel better. This, <laughs> this
0: feedback can be re- really valuable, actually. Yeah, people are like saying how you should, you know, spend you know some time talking to these people and care about what they say and stuff like that, and that's that's true, I guess. But there is one point I want to make about it, uh, which is kind of like how I, so I spent a few hours just like kind of being in a bad mood because these people uh, left. And then I, I looked at um, our plans for the quarter. You know, we were doing well on the stuff that we're actually measuring this quarter. Hmm. And nowhere in our plan does it say that we have to like work on our churn problem or you know, minimize churn or whatever. Like, I, I, I understand that churn might be a side effect that something else is wrong or broken, but yeah. it's not, It it according to the plan I looked at, it wasn't a priority right now to like work on churn. So it's like, why get so worked up about it um, when it's mm. not a priority? And, you know, we can, if it becomes a big problem, like, you know, that's something we can look at at, at one point and make it a priority. But when it's not a priority and it's not something that we're focusing on right now, like I actually shouldn't get too worked up about it. Um, and that helped a bit.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with that. It's, it's the wrong end of the funnel at this point, anyway. It's the wrong part. Of, actually, let me say that differently. It's the wrong part of the customer journey. Like yeah. if somebody's leaving, they're leaving, you know. And unless you want to get into tactics for getting somebody to stay once they've decided they're leaving, that, that ship has sailed. So you actually need to go much earlier anyway and and so um you're learning why the product wasn't engaging for whatever reason i guess yeah point. yeah yeah
0: i mean it is a fair point like if you're growing like a bootstrap business like it's important to pretty early on make sure that you have good retention and we we do have pretty good retention yeah. um but you do need to make sure you have good retention because otherwise like you know if you're paying for ads and stuff like that to acquire customers like you're not very profitable but sometimes it's just the wrong thing to to focus on i think and right now it's like that we're trying to prove something different right now like we're trying to prove that people seem to be wanting this product and that we can find enough people with like through different traction channels that want want to sign up for our product and you know churn is just something we will worry on about later on like it's not it's not helping us prove much of what we're trying to prove right now
1: yeah yeah the reason the reason the churn happens matters a lot more
0: yeah yeah, yeah. um something we talked about last time i kind of i listened to last week's episode and i wanted to talk about it a bit more because i think i didn't make it necessarily as clear as i as i wanted to and um, but we were talking about the goal and the hundred customers and um, I, I don't think i I did a good job of explaining exactly why it's not so much about the 100 customers and Mm -hmm. maybe why like it's easy to focus or fixate on that number and that's not really the important part of it um and it made me think about um kind of like the analogy i thought about was like a a vehicle or a car or something like that yeah and kind of like i thought of growth versus velocity and growth is actually acceleration in this case like in in this analogy and it's like, if you just, it's, you know, the important part about this goal is about figuring out the, like working on the acceleration
1: mm.
0: and yep. then see how, how, how far we can accelerate it. And then you reach some sort of velocity that you can kind of maintain. Right. Right. And then once you do that, that's when you can evaluate, like, you know, if you're like, if you, if a car took like half an hour to get to 60 miles per hour, would be a really mm-hmm. bad car. <laughs> um, yeah. If it took 6 seconds, it's it's a pretty fast car. Yeah. Um but it's it that's that's kind of like why I have this goal. It's like I'm trying to t- see if one of these traction channels like basically what like what's the accelerate like, you know, work on the acceleration of this particular acquisition channel because all of them will work to some extent like. You know, if mm-hmm. I if I send out enough podcast episodes, like I will get a customer from it and then I in theory get 100 customers just by keep doing that right but that's not the important part is like trying to see like how much we can accelerate it or like the growth rate and then trying to like understand what velocity we'll be running at at a certain point does that make sense what i'm trying to say with this analogy
1: (laughs) i I think so yeah it, it it makes the way i understand that is you're saying look i'm not trying to predict with certainty that you know, I'm going to hit this number by this date. What matters a lot more to you is we talk about this all the time is momentum, right? Like what is momentum? Momentum is acceleration. That matters more than momentum is everything versus absolute numbers at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. Just as a concept, like acceleration is just so different
0: than like measuring velocity. Mm. Like the fact that something is accelerating is, I think, hard to understand. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> because it's growth and it's potentially exponential growth, and it you know once like small numbers can become big numbers very quickly, right? It, it it's about the acceleration.
1: Yeah, it it definitely is, um, and it's interesting. I see a lot of um, I see a lot of charts of revenue growth of SaaS companies, and they the successful ones all follow this pattern of like a slow burn at the beginning and just grinding it out. And then, I mean, I'd be a rich man if I knew why, but like all of a sudden, the ones that are successful, like it just starts to turn upwards at some point and that compounds. And, uh, it, it, it's, man, so much of this is about surviving until that, that, that curve. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think you're trying to um, sort of stimulate or create that that curvature, right? And see yeah. if you can get it to bend upward. That's the that's the thing you're trying to do. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah,
0: because it, it's about surviving until you hit that mm-hmm. that uh, curve, but at the same time it's also about setting yourself up for success, I think. Yeah, with like a solid foundation. And it's like even like, if, if we're in a race and I'm working on getting my car to drive faster and, you know, accelerate and drive faster and you're just, you know, you're just leaving uh, the the shop or whatever and just to start driving, like, if, if I really, like, put in the work of getting my car to drive a lot faster, like, I'll catch up with you and then, like, not even will I catch up, but, like, then I'll just be so much faster than you going forward as well. Yeah. Because you... you st- Started not necessarily started too early, but yeah.
1: Well you. yeah, and and I think it's helpful to picture that not as just you versus the competition, because who knows what they're gonna do and they can be wrong, you could be right. But like this reminds me of like Mario Kart where you're racing the ghost version of yourself and yeah. you're like there, there's one version of you that has the fast acceleration and then like a slow top speed, and then there's another version of you that has the really high top speed and the slower acceleration. And yeah which one how long is the race and which one can you afford right yeah how
0: long the race is let's say that's your runway like that's pretty important right because you need to be able like the time you spend in the beginning tuning this like you Mm -hmm. need to be able to catch up to that before you run out of time
1: yeah yeah you need to get to the payoff exactly yeah um um, otherwise it doesn't matter yeah and that's the thing like with with bootstrapping or more let's just say fun strapping indie minded startups it's it is this constant tension between long-mindedness if you will like ah, oh, i'm in this for the long run meaning it's a very long race it's a marathon in which case top speed is the most important thing right yeah. but then there's always this pressure to like make money as soon as possible Which is really a focus not on top speed, but but like acceleration and like instant, like getting to a speed as fast as possible and getting going. Yeah, and like there's a trade. I just think there's a trade-off there, and we've talked about this a number of times. But yeah, you're um, in a certain growth rate too early, maybe. I think you do. You yeah. I (laughs) it's it's funny. Um, I also see a lot of charts that are super boring. But the growth rate is so locked in; it's crazy. It's 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 like a let's just like going back to linear, um, you know, back to Cartesian coordinate algebra here. It's like their growth (laughs) rate, their 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 MRR, it literally looks like y equals mx plus b, yeah, you know, or just y equals mx. Like it's just this boring straight line. Like there's no curves at all. And I think. I mean that's wonderful in some sense. Like the boring ramp of death, um, or the long, slow slash ramp of death, um, that the uh, who's that? One of the, the founders, the founder of Constant Contact, talked about. I'm forgetting her name, but uh, she talked about that. Yeah, and like, but and in some sense, it's aspirational at this at the other at the other side of that. If you're in that company and your growth rate is just boring as all heck, it's like three percent per month every month, like clockwork. Mm. That's that's great, but. Do you ever stop thinking like, well, how can we make this go faster, right? Or better? Yeah. Um, Most of us are going to sit there and like rack our brains about how we can improve it. And I think, I I don't know, I I think you get to a certain scale. Let me put it this way. Once you have enough (laughs) headcount, making changes that are going to change that growth rate just becomes so much harder, heavier.
0: Yeah that's a good point like and if you lock in a a growth rate early on and just kind of have that curve that you just talked about and you just start to like even though you're growing slowly like you are growing and then you're starting to hire people and Mm -hmm. i mean you just you really lock yourself in to some extent
1: yeah i think the business model starts to get locked in and yeah i think it's
0: it's hard for Literally. something that's growing very slowly to so all of a sudden grow very
1: quickly, I think. Yeah, there's inertia, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, but then some things, yeah, there's there's something to this, and I don't know what the answer is. It's like some things take off, but then others don't. And yeah. I don't know. I, I know that I'm, I'm, I think we're all trying for the one that does. But I, yeah, I definitely think that there's, there's a way to be deliberate about that. Um, versus sort of sliding into it. And yeah. yeah, I don't know the answer yet, but um, so back to your point. <laughs> I think it, what you're saying makes sense to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess like what, I, what I'm saying is like when I'm testing these traction channel and when I'm testing these traction channels, like I'm actually testing a fraction of the business as well or the business model and the acquisition model.
1: Mm.
0: And when I'm doing that, I'm actually... I'm I'm actually what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to evaluate the traction channel before I know the results but just by knowing the growth rate or the like I can kind of like evaluate the potential but I I don't want to I don't want to start investing in a traction channel if it's going to be too slow because then it doesn't really prove that I can make this business work fast enough and that it's a good business because if it's just too slow like maybe the just the opportunity costs of working on this business compared to another business might just be too big mm. yeah so i, I want to know the curve before i double down is basically what i'm trying to say
1: yeah that makes sense um yeah and uh, you know I've, I've spoken to enough investors that are at the seed stage and series a stage and that is a distinction they definitely make of um Figuring out these channels, like the seed stage, is about testing these and figuring out which ones work and to what extent, and being able to demonstrate that they're working, mm. which sets you up for the Series A, which is essentially plow money into the ones that are working. Yeah. So it's a very, it's. I just think it's good to sort of separate um, the fact that you're you're experimenting. Yeah. acknowledge the fact you're experimenting with these right now figure out which ones work and then take stock of that yeah and then and then push forward again it's not just hey however we can get revenue let's just mix it all together and hustle all day long yeah. every day right yeah like, and i actually noticed this with some of the podcast stuff like it seems like you're being a lot more robust in how you approach marketing it and um planning what do you it, mean by organizing robust? it I just you know I see tweets about it. I see a schedule of interviews. Um, you know you, you like the name. Like you're you're giving it your attention. It's not yes. just like, hey, let me appear on this show and hope that somebody listens to it and and signs up and covers. yeah, right for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's yeah. very and thoughtful. That, <laughs> and well, and that thoughtfulness, that deliberateness, is what can be additionally invested. Incre- you know. You can invest more into that then. Yeah. Like if it's if it's just happening by happenstance, you can't recreate it. Right. But if you're yeah. being deliberate, then you can go, what did I do? How do I do more of it? Right.
0: Yeah. And the opposite, because everything is written down. So I'll I also know, like I've decided up front how I'm going to evaluate it as well.
1: Mm. Um, yeah.
0: And if it's not performing well, like I I'll be eager to like spend my time on other attraction channels testing them. Because the point is not so much about starting a podcast. The the point is to find traction channels and you know judge how good they are.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Um, and so this is all work. I mean, you're you're headlong into it now, but this is kind of January will be the taking stock time period, or I mean, yeah. Well, we'll do it on
0: a kind of like rolling basis. Rolling, yeah, that's what
1: I was going to (laughs) say because
0: everything has to be rolling these days. You're learning.
1: You're learning all the time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well yeah of course you don't want to be, you don't want to be unfashionable
0: no um so some of the stuff I'll be evaluating on like a on a rolling basis um but mm-hmm. yeah end of the quarter is uh is when the big showdown I guess <laughs> will be okay yeah yeah so,
1: yeah hmm I guess at the end of the quarter you'll really get you know you'll do the report card and then you'll say, what am I, do I need more resources now to invest in these? What's my,
0: Yeah, because the the, the way the schedule, the podcasting schedule, for example, the way it works is the the episodes will be dripped out weekly until the end of year, actually. Okay. So I'm pre-recording everything now and then I'm just, you know, scheduling in it, everything about it and the marketing and stuff like that. And then it's kind of like that ship is, you know, going and then we'll see, um how it does and then like on at the same time like i'll be testing other things as well from my traction channel plan <laughs> yeah makes sense yeah yeah cool. so speaking of the podcast um going well so far i've i've come up with a name it's called bill Blowers. So i said that last time there's also a website now um that i'm happy to share because it's been approved by itunes or apple Um, So the podcast is uh, at billablehours.co and you can find it in all your yourselves as well. I think there are some that I need to submit it to manually like Google Podcasts, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely um, on Overcast and iTunes and Spotify and um, there's an RSS feed that you can grab from the website as well. Um, yeah, and I've started reaching out to guests. I'm going to do 10 episodes is the plan and th- seven of them I think, six or seven are scheduled already for this week and next week. Okay. And uh, three of them are like in the the two of them people have committed and the last one is still to be decided uh, who the guest is going to be. Um, so it's looking looking good so far. I'm, I'm excited to record these episodes. I think i got some good uh, topics lined up Um that should be fun to talk about and some really cool people mm-hmm. and um yeah that's nice. that's just you know kind of like happening i guess <laughs> um, yeah i put out a trailer episode um just to kind of like start gathering subscribers because as soon as there is an episode even if it's just one and a half minutes and yeah. you can submit it and people can hit subscribe so i put out a trailer episode where it's just me like introducing the format or the show and uh, mm-hmm. it's gotten 115 downloads so far so hopefully some of those are subscribers as well which is a nice kind of little head start i guess um yeah without having any real episodes out there
1: that's amazing yeah I, it's nice
0: yeah good start yeah so i'm i'm excited to see how this goes um there's going to be like a, a branch ad read um, on every episode. And that's basically like I nice. count on getting the subscriber count up pretty quickly, like with all the marketing and like the people I have on and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So like ideally, like it should be basically like me buying like an ad um, slot for 10 episodes um, of yes. a smaller podcast and then kind of like just owning that channel afterwards and um, and then, you know, some brand equity and we can use, yeah. repurpose the content for other things that I'm excited to kind of like play around with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
0: Um,
1: it's fun. I, I like it. I like it a lot. That's yeah. cool.
0: Yeah. One day next week, I have four back to back podcasts, podcasting sessions. And then wow. after that, a, a product demo, it's going to be a fun day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That'll be a little, little draining if you ask me, but, um. Yeah. That's cool. But That's cool.
0: Then it's done.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. Cool. Then um, I'm trying, I'm, I'm thinking about, well, let me put it this way. I'm working on a pitch deck. <laughs> mm-hmm. And kind of like I, I, I decided I want to work on the pitch deck um, because you mentioned at one point that it's, it's just a good exercise. And it has been like, it's just a really good way to kind of think about your business and where it's yeah. going. Um but I am thinking about um if we need to raise money at, at one point um even though I have ambitious goals for the quarter um it is something I th- I I think about. Mm-hmm. And one of the main reasons it's something that I think about is when I look back a few months ago like the problems we had like I don't I couldn't necessarily see a way of solving those problems with money. Like um getting to product user fit and like being super early um, and, you know, getting your first paid customers and building a product, stuff like that. You know, that's kind of like what we used the tiny seed funding for and the the, the MRR that we're bringing in from WP Pusher. And mm-hmm. it's not really something we could accelerate or it didn't felt like that at least. Like, it's just like, you just have to like iterate on what you have and like try to figure it out. Right, and right, right. See if it's the right thing or not. Um, but when I look at the problems we have now, like basically all of them, like I can come up with a way that we can, you know, solve those problems or challenges with money. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like money, even though it's like, we don't need money right now to survive. Like money feels like something that's a constraint right now. Um, and that's why I think it's nice to at least consider that
1: option. Right. Right. Yeah. um, It's, you know, pitch decks are also these horrible things in another context of like, oh, it's the only way that investors can understand a startup. Why can't we just have? And I think there's, I I personally have struggled with it, but I think the benefit is as a founder, even for your own team, you're going to have to be able to tell the story over and over and over again. Yeah. And like forcing yourself to learn force yourself to develop or write the story that you believe in and want to tell. Yeah. Like that's that's the point and like a pitch deck is just a sort of econ- you know, it's a it forces an economy on you, right? Yeah. And you can do long form too, but that's good. So where where are you um in rough draft mode with that?
0: Yeah, I'm in uh, in rough rough draft mode and I'm uh, <laughs> I'm getting a little feedback from some of my friends and advisors and investors like yourself. Uh, and uh it's nice just to get some feedback and like get some some extra eyes on on what i'm doing it's obviously not something you want to spend all your time doing and not working on your business um but you know i like writing investor updates i sent out an investor update earlier today and i also kind of like this pitch deck stuff because it's kind of like a forward-looking investor update in a sense and it's well, it's it's something you write for future investors, I guess. And it's just yeah. uh it's kind of helpful. It's good to remind yourself as well about like some of this stuff.
1: Um, yeah, I think about it as as an exercise too of like what is my business? Like yeah. what is this thing,
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, what I'm, what I'm not spending time on is designing this pitch deck. Like it's literally just Yeah, like, yeah, forget uh, design on a YC's website there's a a template that they use and it's basically it's a pitch deck it's kind of funny (laughs) it's a pitch for the pitch deck itself um so they're pitching the pitch deck that they're sharing with you about how (laughs) amazing it is and then it's annotated (laughs) as well with comments about like how (laughs) how it applies to (laughs) you know an an actual startup as well in the comments um that's good it's it's super helpful actually
1: Yeah. yeah yeah i think so it's um yeah, just think of it as the poetic form of your story. You know how <laughs> how t- how tight can you make it? And I mean, forget investors. Like, if you were invited, this is just a thing that you do all the time. You know, you're invited to speak. You're invited to yeah share. You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's going to come up again and again.
0: Yeah, yeah it's and cool. It's all like you know the some of the positioning work or positioning exercises uh, I did earlier this year, um, based on obviously awesome. It's like so helpful to have all those kind of like. Oh yeah, phrases or whatever you want to call them that you can throw in there and put it together like that
1: it's just very helpful (laughs) yeah totally agree um well good i i've enjoyed looking at it so thanks for sharing (laughs) that's good (laughs) yeah i
0: guess that's that's manager the manager stuff i got this week um my the kind of like feeling i got from you was that uh you you have a lot of manager stuff going on but not necessarily podcast worthy yet or how should we think yeah. about that
1: <laughs> yeah that's a good point i think i'm just in i'm in suspense and i think that's like suspense and just the um not certain about what i basically i'm spending a lot of time trying to figure out what what i'm what's my next big move with this and that just means that like anything i say is premature <laughs> mm-hmm. and but I, I guess i can just say like i want to i believe that this has potential to be just a very very big thing um or else i wouldn't be working on it that's yeah. what interests me that's what gets that's what motivates me gets me going yeah and, and um i i planning q4 yes i'm looking at resources that i have that i don't have and i'm also trying to figure out you know what do i do with my own what's the best use of my own time what's the best use of the money that's left in the bank um, in terms of runway and yeah i just don't i don't have answers exactly yet you know i will say that this is a i mean this business is not uh, it's interesting like I'm working on some distribution channels that could make it like bootstrappable from here on out. Like it just, it grows on its own organically. It's not impossible for it to do that. But at the same time, like the world doesn't need to wait around necessarily for the product (laughs) to be better. You know, like if if there was a better version of the product tomorrow, it would be better. It's not like, it's not like the the demand isn't there. So in some sense, it's. It's hard for me to say like well if i had it and 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 i've dipped my toes in the water now with with some front end and back end contract help and like that really does speed things up you know to have somebody who's you know an expert at um in their own area like to have a larger team than one does speed things up obviously and so i i would like to expand the team is my is what i'm trying to figure out how to do Mm. but you know on current runway that's not really possible so i'm just yeah just figuring it out and in the meantime being very sort of sniper rifle or targeted um with my you know what i do with the money that i have so that i can make the most amount of progress in the least amount of time
0: yeah that's so uh, yeah
1: it's the manager <laughs> nice yeah yeah it's just that stage you're at where you're like okay it's working
0: yeah but that's the same stage we're at like it's like
1: but now what yeah
0: you know it's working so it's like like now you just now it just has to scale somehow and that's when you have to make the decision about how to scale it
1: yeah and like what are you gonna what what metric are you gonna focus on you know trying to like if it's working for this handful of
0: users and you know that there are a lot more of these users around it's like probably work for them as well
1: oh yeah it, exactly that's how i feel i mean i was really floored last week where somebody tweeted out you know they said what um she said i'm a i'm obsessed with you summit it was <laughs> in twitter so she said you said i'm obsessed with summit and i'm like <laughs> that's good when you have people tweeting that they're obsessed with your product like you're on to something right <laughs> yeah you're on to something not solicited you know suddenly it shows up in my twitter feed and i mean i've had dms with her before because she's reached out to me as like but she adopted the product organically i didn't know her before i built this thing yeah and she's just obsessed with it now and you're like that's something you know and so more than something that's
0: so important
1: yeah so so the idea the thing i'm struggling with now is like okay how do i if there's 25 of those there's 250 right Mm -hmm. and if there's 250 there's probably 2500 so let's let's do this it's the feeling <laughs> yeah this is yeah.
0: like i i shared I, I think it was in tiny seed or maybe it was on twitter it, may, it might have been on twitter i shared basically the first podcast that i, I ever listened to and mm. um it's this i don't know when i was in high school which was like 2006 ish that's when i kind of like discovered tim ferris and when his you know hour work week came out like i was pretty uh obsessed with that um to mm-hmm. use the same language and um yep. it kind of like started a lot of things in my life but one of the places that i ended up kind of on, on the internet was a like a personal development kind of guru guy called steve pavlina um, who was
1: i remember that name
0: yeah pretty intense uh yeah but also yeah. a pretty smart dude um yeah i, I actually have his book and it's the title is kind of hilarious to me and i i i think it's It's funny, but it's called Personal Development for Smart People. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) as soon as you buy this book, it's like.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he was one of the OG bloggers, though, on Blogspot, I think.
0: Yeah, he had a very, very popular blog at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. But he started doing these podcasts, but the way they worked were like, they were just MP3 files on his website. I'm not even, they were, he called it a podcast, but it wasn't something I found in iTunes or anything like that. So basically, what I remember is like going to, Like on my, on the train, like to high school, I had this, um, you know, MP3, MP3 uh, USB player thing. Do You remember those? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I had uh, one, I had some of like, just between like all my music stuff, because you couldn't really, you know, everything was just in one folder.
1: It was all mixed together. Yeah. Like in between
0: like random songs, like I had one of his podcasts about how to make money online. Oh, cool. And this like 15 minute long podcast where he talks about it. And I mm-hmm. just remember like listening to it so many times on the train because it just popped up like on my MP3 player and I I like uh, listening to it. It's kind of inspiring. Yeah. But it I was reminded uh, of this now, like because one of the things he I remember he said and it's just stuck with me for fifteen years was mm. if you can find out a way to make five dollars online, like you could probably find a way to make ten dollars and you could probably find a way to make fifty dollars and a hundred dollars and he went like mm. that. Yeah. And it's just stuck with me for 15 years. And it's just like, whenever I do something like, I I just kind of like have that in the back of my mind, even though it's a kind of like a a weird resource, (laughs) but um, Mm. it it changed something in my mind. And I think it's it's a good way to think about things.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Like it's Um, proof,
0: like you have the proof. So what's the problem? Like the problem is the zeros that we always talk about. But if you make $5, like it's not like you made the only $5 that there are
1: that's right that's right exactly exactly that's the thing like the person um i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna look i can't believe i'm blanking but anyway there's there's no there's no reason why uh she's the only one who uh maggie palmer so there's there you can't tell me that there aren't other maggie palmers out there (laughs) and there could be thousands i'm sure there's thousands actually like of course there's thousands there's you know what makes her so unique well, she's a person, of course, but like in terms of the, in terms of the persona, <laughs> I not listening to this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I I don't want to be misunderstood. Like you know, people are unique. My point is persona-wise, like use case-wise. Yeah,
0: other people will have this like need.
1: A, and... Yeah, exactly. Like you know, it's not, not the only person that's going to find this to be com- you know find this compelling. Um, yeah, like I so, tweet about
0: Notion all the time, like and. There are a lot of people tweeting about Notion. Someone was the first
1: you know person to tweet about notion mm-hmm. yeah, and now you've got the Rome cult as yeah. well. yeah, uh, it's interesting. hmm very interesting yeah.
0: any well, any more manager stuff or do you want to do like a short little after show with some some maker stuff maybe
1: um I think yeah let's let's go to the maker stuff,
0: okay folks this is the after show we haven't done it for for two episodes but this is where we <laughs> stop talking about uh strategy and business and stuff like that and just talk about like geeky developer kind of like things yeah. that happened <laughs> i guess yeah
1: yeah yep yeah. feel free to tune out if that's your if that's your thing
0: yeah we we've been working on an interesting thing um that i mentioned I, I will i've been mentioning week after week here um i just call it hosts like we're working on hosts And it's basically, we're trying to make more of a one-to-one mapping between someone who is um, trying to deploy to a WordPress hosting platform. So, like, the stuff that they would see in, like, their WP Engine dashboard would be kind of, like, map one-to-one with the stuff they see inside of Branch. So, they don't have to make that translation themselves. So, like, they'll have hosts, which, like, they'll add, like, WP Engine, like, with their API credentials. Mm -hmm. and they'll have sites which is the sites that are in their hosting account and they'll have environments which is like a staging site a production site like different versions of a site um and we it's something we really wanted to kind of bring into the product and as i've been saying is kind of like the last piece of like before we really feel like we are fully like at wordpress agency deployment solution Mm. that you know nothing will Nothing compares to this. Um, So it's pretty cool. But um, so Bjorn has been working on it. And we started out kind of doing the shape up, um, you know, planning session um, to try to like, you know, map out this project. But it's just like, first of all, I had a baby in the middle of it, um, which we knew would happen. So it was like we already knew that the plan wouldn't probably work very well. But also, like, the more uh, he started working on it, you know, every piece he turned just, you know, made it obvious that this was an even bigger problem or a more difficult problem than we thought. It's one of those, like, you know, every time you open a door, there's, like, 10 doors after it. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's it's just a, a, a can of worms, <laughs> I think <laughs> is the way to say it. Um, yep. So... Early on, like I just started saying to Bjorn, like, it I understand, like I understand if you need a plan, and then let's try to come up with a plan because it's unfair that, like, you know, we we have this kind of like deal. We have a deal that we we work in a certain way with like six weeks uh, cycles and stuff like that, or three week cycles. Um, so it's unfair to just let this let, let this product uh, project run like for how in a, however many weeks it wanna runs for or you want to uh, run so that's what i told him but basically what i said is like i think it's worth like basically almost like no matter how much time we spend here especially on the left side of the hill chart where we're still like just trying to understand this problem like all the time we spend here is worth it because it just it's such a can of worm and it feels like it's one of the it's going to end up being one of the most important parts of the product and it's also going to be part of the onboarding experience when you set up a new product or project okay. on Branch. Um, so like, when you, if you add, like, if you tell me like, I'll just need to spend more time today. Like, I'll need to spend more time discovering this stuff. Like, to me, like that just that's worth it. Like, no matter how much time you need. Um, yeah, because it's hard for me to see like anything that's more valuable to work on right now. Um, so it's it's been a little bit interesting because it's like. I also know that it sucks as a developer to just have a project that just seems to be running forever.
1: Mm. Um,
0: so we actually ended up splitting it up. So like we start with hosts and we just forget about sites and environments for a bit um, mm-hmm. and just try to get hosts out. Um, and that, that's that been a good decision. Um, and we've been working on this for, I want to say, with like my paternity leave since i, I, I want to say two months and yesterday or two days ago it just clicked and you know nice. that nice. was like probably week eight or something like that and in week <laughs> seven it did not click and that's when you start to think like okay maybe we need to move on and just kind of go with what we have now and mm. um, that week bjorn told me I've kind of like stared at, I've stared at this too long. Like, do you want to have a look at it? And I looked at it and I was like, you know, I had some wording stuff, but not like some real stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just didn't feel good. But at the same time, I was tempted to just say, okay, let's just go with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then on the, you know, on last Friday, actually it was, we jumped on Tuple and we started pairing on this. And it took like two or three hours, but then it just clicked. That's and awesome. <laughs> I don't know what the lesson is because it's like, how do you replicate this? But it's like, I just knew in my gut that this project was so important. And I just it just needed to run <laughs> until we figured mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just felt so good. And actually, the funny part here is, um, so we're pulling out, basically what we're doing is we're pulling out the deployment part of branch from the build steps a little bit. Um, because it's going to be so, um, built into the host model, like the host workflow, whatever. Um, the way you deploy to a certain host is just different. Um, and it should just, we just kind of want to hide it for the user, uh, because we, we, we kind of like our, the way we think about it is we know how to deploy to WP engine. So just let us do that for you. Um, but it's still like the way it works under the hood is still the same way that build steps work. But over here on this host side, we started like coming up with all these complicated models. Like we had something called integrations and we had like classes that did stuff that before was like being done in a, you know, by, um, basically we talked about, you know, we talked about a few episodes ago about how build steps are just code that's but it's stored in the database instead of in php classes and it's the user who adds the code and but we can do that with recipes but basically we realized that we had tried to move stuff out of the that like flexible system and just started like coming up with models that like you know a, a data model that worked for all the different hosting companies and it's not only hosting companies it's also like what if you're just using SFTP, or what if you're using DigitalOcean, what if you're using managed WordPress hosting, stuff like that, and it just was so complicated and so messy until I realized exactly the same lesson that I realized a year ago that everything just had to be flexible, composable, build steps,
1: mm. <laughs>
0: and we just <laughs> needed to ab- abstract everything or let like let the basically the abstractions should just be user input. But in yeah. in this case, actually it's not user input, it's actually us because we don't allow the hosts to build their integrations. We built them for them. But we hmm. do it in a flexible way. Um I think it's actually very similar to what you're doing with Summit. But man, like we're just trying <laughs> to make it so complicated until we realize like there's a simple way to do this. And it's just, just yes. let it just let it be so flex Like just have, like, these extremely, like, low-level building blocks and just build a simple, you know, build step or whatever you want to call it for each of these different hosts and not try to, like, abstract or worry about, like, you're repeating yourself, so, like, dry and stuff like that. Right. There's that a very long explanation, but um, That's I just, good. I think it's an important lesson, like...
1: Yeah... Yeah, it's funny. We get in this maze or this hall of mirrors and we think like we're making progress. But actually, we lost this, you know, we lost the trail a while ago. And yeah, (laughs) it's, you know, like adding It's the code smell thing too. like you kind of the more experienced as a developer you are, you start to sense like, this is just more complicated and more complicated. And yeah, there should be a I mean, there's that breakthrough, basically. Yeah. Fair. Like we started to think like what's what's an integration?
0: What's mm. a host? <laughs> and it's like they're all different. So just like come up with a way that you can just, you know, add code for each of them individually and just let it live on itself. Like for you know, it's in its own place or whatever. And that's oh, yeah. the same thing with bell steps. Like don't try to like abstract away deployment as a concept. Just like allow people to, you know, add an rsync command or add a sftp command or use git push or whatever um, in the most flexible way that you can instead of just trying to, like, come up with all different ways that people might use this. And the result right. is, like, you can do everything. Like, what yep. we realized is, is like, <laughs> we realized, like, this would work for DigitalOcean as well. Like, this would work f- or this would work for so basically what we realized is we can have these steps now for each host. So actually, like if it's important to WP Engine that we have a step that's not really necessarily anything to do with deployment, but they want to have a step where there is like um, you know a description of something on their platform as part of the onboarding, or like maybe we show a screencast or something like that. If you mm-hmm. picture like how to when you're connecting to WP Engine in branch, like the onboarding step, like we can just add whatever thing they want to do in there and we can just add whatever HTML, whatever we want to do. Like it's just so flexible. Hmm. So basically the way it works now is each step is like has a backend component, which would be like, um, you know, sending an, an API request to WP Engine and loading a list of all your sites and then a front-end component, which is just a view component. And that's just basically it for each step. And you can just we as branch developers can program these in any way we want. So a step could also just be like showing something or whatever. Like even we yeah. realized like we wanted like a success screen in the end to like um just say like you're now connected, like this is this is next step, or the next thing you should go and do. That's Mm -hmm. just a step as well. Like everything is just a step and it just, we removed so much code and everything just clicked and now it's like, so Bjorn is implementing it now for all the different hosts. And that was the the success criteria from the beginning. It was like, every time we we thought we had a solution, I was like, try to implement this for DigitalOcean or try to implement this for like a general purpose R-sync and see how it feels. And it never felt good until now. Like now it's like, like it just, it makes sense how to implement each of them because yep. it's flexible enough. We're not trying to like fit them into the same box.
1: That's, that's, that's great. I mean, that's man. Uh, simplicity power, <laughs> fewer bugs, fewer lines of code. Yeah. Um, yeah, It's there. It's the right data. It's, it's like the, um, my favorite line, Robert Pike, you know, data structures, not algorithms are central to programming and yeah. with the right, with the right data structures. Programming is easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's yeah. figuring those out. <laughs> like the first step was like
0: before we can even start to do like API requests and stuff like that for, for WP engine, we need to use an API username and password. And for Pantheon, we need a token. So it's already different. And we're starting to have these like flows for like how to determine if we, if it's a token based flow or Yuck. a username, password based flow, or if yeah. they don't even have the API step, because they they don't have an api so it's like some of them are integrated or some of them are not int- like we just had all these like we try to come up with this terminology to like you know f- yeah just come up with a data mm. model that worked and yeah yeah it's so good now yeah. like i'm so excited about it i know it's a little bit hard to explain like code concepts on a podcast it's like there's not a lot of visual cues but um yeah
1: no uh, no that 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 makes perfect sense um what you're creating is a lot more of a you know language in and of itself and it's a lot more powerful than because you're building on you know you're building on abstractions that can be reused and anytime you're starting to put a ton of if else's in there you know it's um it's gonna limit you down the road
0: yeah like i'm realizing everything every time something gets really complicated in branch and which like when we find the right solution the right solution is always like splitting things into like pipelines or something like that
1: yeah yeah things things tend to collapse on themselves when you get it right yeah yeah that's so true congrats man
0: yeah that's uh that's what we've been making (laughs) (laughs) nice i'm really excited to release this stuff i think it's gonna be really good that's great yeah cool man you uh, you got anything, or do you want to call a show?
1: Um, we are working on. I'll, I'll mention a couple of things. We're working on uh, collaboration this month. Okay. Um, so adding um, async commenting uh, was the first thing. Adding presence so you can see who else from your account is, you know, actively in the product right now. Yeah. Uh, where they are, and um, basically changing the experience to be. Well, upgrading the experience to be a lot more like uh, Google Doc or G Suite, where you can, or Notion or any of these modern productivity tools. So there's yeah. going to be a serious so, collaborative element to this soon.
0: Sounds uh, ambitious, potentially.
1: Yeah, not. I mean, it, it, so we already use Pusher. We already okay, you know, have a bunch of tech in the so. Uh, yeah. We already have the async commenting done, and we already have the presence channel. You know, there. So we. Nice. I actually think yeah, self-service invitations is going to be the next thing, so that you can invite other members of your team because team members are free, so you can have as many as you want. And then there's just kind of an endless roadmap then of how many changes of how much editing and changes do you push to everybody else that's on the account at the same time? You know, yeah. do you push every key? Do you push all the keystrokes? Do you only push the updates and saves? Um, I wanted to feel like a collaboration that's happening live as much as possible um yeah because i mean g sheets has that so i think that's kind is of it say,
0: like is it gonna say peter is editing this event right now as well or something like that
1: yeah i mean I, the vision i have is you know highlighting highlighting the field you're in with uh the color of your you know, avatar at the top oh, okay. right people wow. can see yeah because we actually have i mean we have unique ids in all the fields we We actually have deep links now to all of the events that you're editing. So we know, you know, so that we can deep link, we know where the user is in the UI. So it shouldn't be, I don't think it'll be that hard. Then it's just about, you know, which dashboards do you? Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) it's easy for me to say too because I have somebody else working on it. Uh, (laughs) So that's the luxury. But I I mean, it's... um, Do you have a lot of
0: teams like where, is it, do you think people will even... Like, do you have a lot of users Use who will actually notice this feature because they're like, they might be in the tool simultaneously?
1: The most engaged users have multiple, uh, a lot of engaged accounts have multiple users because they've asked. Okay. And so they asked me, can you invite this teammate? Yes. Yeah. Can you invite yeah. this teammate? Yes. And so I've, I've done that. And now it's like, okay, you have three people that are using the app. Um, there are modes. So it's not just this, like this, this is nice. But where it's going is I also got about half of it done, maybe a little more than half of it done, where you can step through month by month in the forecast.
0: And okay, you, can, you, yeah. can actually
1: hit, you can hit step and see the results and hit step and see the results. And you can actually have the... So there's a, there's a view on in Summit of the financial data coming out, right? Of like month yeah. by month columns, like each column is a month. Mm-hmm. And I added a step button to that um, locally, just building it out. And you click step, and it builds out the next column. And you click step, and it builds out the next column. And then you can go back into the events editor. Yeah. And you can you can add events. And there's a little um, if you're in that mode next to the date field of an event. It says it says now, and you oh. can click that, and it'll put in the date of the next month in the simulation that's running. Sweet. Right. That's so- cool. I, right. I think I know where you're going you, with this. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. So it's like, so you could sit, you could, you could, hey, hey, Bjorn, get into this thing. Let's do this together. You could tuple it if you wanted to, or you could do it through like a Google Doc style async and, or, or synchronous, and basically you're the presenter, if you will, and you pre, like you click play, and it shows October, and then you think like, okay, what are we doing in November? Let's let's add all the events for our November. You built, you add them, then you click step it you know it, it it ingests those and so teams will be able to build their financial plans one month at a time in a collaborative way just by talking about what's happening each month
0: yeah i i feel like you you gave this away when you now when you're explaining it and you said play instead of build <laughs> i yeah, know if that was yeah, on purpose yeah. or not
1: yeah, kind kind, kind of. It's, it's a fine line between, like, you know, is it a debugging tool where you're stepping through or is it a, you know, are you building? I think it is play. Um, and once you start to slow, sorry, once you start to step through the future, you can also think about things like product road mapping. Yeah. And say, we're going to release, oh, oh, yeah, January is when we're releasing such and such a feature. Let's add in, you know, an additional product, you know, add-on sale at that point. And like you can start to fuse like the product roadmaps impacts with your financial plan because you're going through a roadmap, if you will, in your finances. And I talked to a person today who did um, financial planning and modeling for some pretty big SaaS companies, and this is something that they actually did in their practice is they worked with product teams to um essentially hypothesize or or at least assert what the business impact is of the features that they're going to release at certain time frames and like intercom has their um he calls it rice like relevance impact framework of like but you know it'd be really awesome if you also went the extra level of saying like Oh, the impact is on retention. The impact is on this, and then you go through that step mode and summit, and you start to you start to turn the knobs and dials of your business model in yeah. in line with the road. So you could actually have the roadmap right in front of you, all the different feature ideas and stuff, and then make changes to your financial model that that are in sync with it. Right? Um, I think there's make a bigger- a, have
0: an integration with some of those. Like what? there was one we used in my previous job. Mm. I don't remember what it's called, but it's like basically a product roadmap tool. So like you could just say like, you could show like <laughs> features as they're being released and they ask people for their impact. But it's very right, much right. like a choose your own adventure kind of thing.
1: Well, I mean, this is so, you know, we've been thinking a lot about workflows and adoption and all these things. And like, people are like, oh, I don't really forecast a lot. I don't really forecast a lot. It's like, oh really? Okay. Like, do you plan your product roadmap? Well, yeah. Okay. Do you like f- predict what the you know benefits of those features are going to be? Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> you, you actually are forecasting like all the time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's just that they haven't actually tied their product work back to their business. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not thinking of it as a financial forecast. They're thinking of it as a Oh, it's the product stuff we want to work on because it's high value. Like, what do you mean high value, right? You mean <laughs> it's going to impact your business. Yeah. Oh. So I'm thinking a very interesting hook in this whole thing could be like you said road mapping is a simulation scenario. It's a scenario planning exercise. Yeah. So if you can, if you can attach, if you can say, Hey, this feature is going to boost our conversion rate this feature is going to boost our arpu this feature is going to do this i've I've mentioned this in previous episodes it's just becoming more real now because i have this feature where you can step through the model i think this is very what i'm doing is i'm taking what is otherwise a a cfo or finance lead or somebody going into a room and then coming out with a plan i'm turning that into i'm kind of like taking it and turning it inside out and making it into a you know, a community, a, a community exercise where people yeah. can sit around a table and say, oh yeah, um, isn't, are we gonna have that conference that month? That's marketing, you know, aren't we yeah. going to release that feature that month? What's the impact of that feature? And like, let's actually walk through our future together, right, with all the pieces fused, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that could be a very different, and, and you know, I'll wrap up by saying this, <laughs> this kind of like, click or this kind of like uh aha maybe like this is the killer initial use case is kind of the reason why i'm still it's 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 that positioning right like positioning is I, i think if i position this as like a different tool that a cfo or a finance person can take into a conference room and come out with a better forecast that's one thing if i position this as a tool where your team can sit around and everybody even the people that aren't you know Quants or finance people or, or Excel mm-hmm. geeks can add value to a financial model. Very different, right? Yeah, so that, yeah, for so, sure. Like yeah, yeah, and that might be it. But I'm, you know, I'm not sure. But I, I'm. That's why I'm doubling down on the um on the collaboration. Is
0: do you remember yeah. when Slack came out and everything had to like have a gamification aspect to it to be any. To be interesting,
1: mm, kind of. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the that was the theme, right? Is the the prizes and the <laughs> the awards and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, this is yeah. very cool. I think like what you just said makes total sense, and like it makes sense that you still need to also like appeal to the power users because you know someone has to set this up or like come up with the you know the templates and stuff like that. Um. Or just like oversee the process or something like that, but like it's nice that you make it as accessible to potentially a much broader audience.
1: So imagine a product manager that cares about—of course they do—but like imagine a product manager that wants to own or really understand or apply the business impacts of the product features that they're prioritizing. Mm -hmm. Like a product manager is not necessarily a—they're not a CFO or finance person in that sense but if you give them a tool that fits into product management that can feed into a financial model which is deep and powerful enough for finance to use but they can interface with like now you're now you're getting somewhere like product management is an exercise that's happening all the time you know yes and the you know a road mapping tool this effectively sits alongside road mapping potentially yeah yeah it makes sense and, yeah and those could be six months six week, or six year roadmaps you know so yeah anyway nice that's, that's the maker stuff um more to come sweet all righty sir all righty
0: i good guess pong, i'll talk to chat talk to
1: you, i hope next
0: week yeah on air at least next week <laughs>
1: all righty sir take care take care bye bye